Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, you can send questions and comments live to our live Facebook stream or our live YouTube stream. Love seeing you guys hang out every Thursday night. And if not, send us an email at themasonicroundtable at gmail.com. Love to hear from you as well. Let's see. You know me. My name is, wait for it, John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Next up for his introduction tonight, that'll be Robert Johnson. Hello, Robert. How are you? Hello, everybody. Robert Johnson, past master, Waukegan 78, current city secretary over at 1183 Space Novum in uh, Libertyville, Illinois, the premier Masonic education lodge in the state, and also the host of the Whence Came You podcast. Good to be here. Glad to have you. All right, next up, Joe Martinez. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe Martinez. Waiting for my name. There it is. Boom. Joe Martinez. That's me. Uh, current master of Manassas Lodge number 182, the coolest lodge in Virginia in the year of 2022. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, member of a whole bunch of other things and uh, one of the four exhausted co-hosts of Esotericon 2022. <laughs> we survived. We're one week out, but we survived. survived. We made it. <clears throat> Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. And then last but not least, our guest host for tonight's show. That would be the one, the only, Matt Parker. How's it going, brother? Great. Yay. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Uh, I'm Matt Parker, Senior Warden of Wendell Lodge 565 in Wendell, North Carolina, a member of a host of other uh, Masonic orders and, and uh, appendant bodies and some other esoteric uh, orders and uh, the founder of the North Carolina Masonic Research Society. So that's it. I'm glad to be here. Joe, I think that deserves a woo. I'm so honored. That's a that's an extra special woo. Heck yeah. Uh, hey, so so senior warden. That means maybe next year will be a busy year for you. Dude, I have been a warden since 2015. Not not joking. So I, I've dodged that bullet for quite a while. <laughs> Normally, progressive lines are a bad thing, but in your case, it's it's keeping out the riffraff. Yeah, true. yeah, that is true. I would expect a comment like that from Joe. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. So, hey, before we get into tonight's show, I want to give a special shout out to all the patrons who've been supporting the show. You guys are awesome. And if you want to join our little secret uh, private Facebook group, love to see you over there. Head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable. And that would be awesome to get your support. So thank you again. <clears throat> all right. So tonight's episode is... Uh, an evolution of the continuing drama that is the social discourse among brethren online and offline, right? So uh, we've covered uh, through COVID, I've uh, actually a, a variety of different uh, how Masons should act on social media, right? Where things are public and when, you know, there are profane eyes that are checking out, you know, what we do as Masons and how we hold ourselves up as members of society. But that also includes the digital society. And yet there are times where even now in a more polarized ecosystem that we have today, now more than ever, uh, we as Masons, while our noble goal is to be uh, one common society, 
right? Where we try to find who can best work and best agree, that always doesn't happen the way we'd like it to be. We are human after all. So tonight we'll explore and expand upon the variety of tools and techniques and tricks and just um, ways to go about having social discourse with your brethren whom you might not always get get along with. So um, we just thought we'd just have this, this conversation tonight to figure out what are some of the best ways that we can help subdue our passions as we uh, disagree with our brothers, right? Because I can say I've never disagreed with any of you, more especially Joe Martinez. I'm, so I'm going to warn everybody right now, <laughs> I have nothing to contribute to this week's episode. We were joking I in the am, green room that Joe is literally, captain. yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the what not to do. You look at Joe. And then what, what to do, you look at the other three of us. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like, good cop, bad cop. Where Joe's always the bad I thought cop. You wanted bad cop, bad cop, yes. <laughs> thought you wanted bad cop, bad cop. Uh, <laughs> all right, so so uh, let's kick things off. Matt, um, what scenarios have you seen where brothers are disagreeing? And then how have you seen uh, some ways to kind of cool those those uh, disagreements? Honestly, I, I see it mostly online in, uh, in Masonic forums. Um, I don't have empirical data to back this up. This is just personal observation, but it just seems that since the pandemic, people being isolated, lodges closing, brothers have become a little more uh, aggressive towards each other online. These are brothers that would smile at you and lodge, give you a hug and a handshake. And then when they're hiding behind the screen, they're just plain nasty. Uh, we've had issues in North Carolina in our Grand Lodge where behind the keyboard, we, we are in our, on our Grand Lodge. It, Joe's distracting me. I really can't think with that. Joe, really? So hey, hey, dude, hey, I'm disagreeing civilly with you. Oh, okay. Geez. Love you, brother. But uh, we've had issues in North Carolina on our own uh, Grand Lodge Facebook group where brothers have gone after each other on topics to where the Grand Lodge secretary, our Grand Secretary, had to step in and shut down the comments on a post. Wow. That's happened a number of times. And that's not indicative of just North Carolina. That's that's everywhere. And we need to understand civility. We need to be understand how to respectively or respectfully agree or disagree and still be brothers and still be friends. Yeah, I think that's that's a key word there, Joe. Well, I was going to I was going to say and, you know, jokingly, you know, we we threw this up there, but everybody knows that as Matt pointed out, there is a for some reason there is a distinct difference between the way someone comports themselves in your face versus when they're behind a keyboard. And this could be to to your point, people that you know. Uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen some very uncivil discourse among strangers who are in the same forums. You know, people are just saying terrible things to one another, accusing people of things and just being just straight out gnarly. But it's different when it's people that you know, right? And and again, they take those same hostile stances towards you again just from the the protection of their own keyboard um so i find it super interesting that you know people 
are inclined to do that more than to to be civil with one another. I've always found that an interesting phenomenon, maybe because I'm on the cusp of, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. So, um, you know, kids off my TikTok, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) And love the TikTok. Um, But uh, but yeah, I just find it super interesting that people that know one another and know each other well can be so awful to one another in a a forum like like a facebook group or a, you know a reddit feed or things like that so that just that just boggles my mind so as in preparing for the show i was also thinking about how we as masons are taught uh, to use rhetoric as part of our our morality guidance and so uh robert why don't you talk a little bit about the the virtues of at least mastering or or learning more about rhetoric and how it applies to to this topic well so first and foremost right like we've had episodes on rhetoric before and rhetoric really is uh you've got uh, you're actually grammar your rhetoric and your logic assuming you can read and write so now you've got your grammar. I'm not sure I enjoy the, the fact that we, we say them in kind of a linear way. Maybe it just rolls off the tongue better, right? Like grammar, rhetoric, logic. I would much rather say, you know, grammar, logic, rhetoric. 100% agree. Uh, yeah, because really what you need to do is to take your logic and then you apply it to an argument is a really bad word uh, to, to have a fundamental argument. Uh, I think, you know, in in centuries past might have been something more along the lines of a, uh, a debate of sorts and a debate um, is not where we're both screaming at each other, um, although you know, Facebook and other social media sites act as a, uh, a removed interlocutor, right? Like it allows for one person to say something and nobody's interrupting because, you know, it's blocks of type. And so with that, uh, we get a lot of keyboard warriors and things and, and, uh, when we're applying the rhetoric aspect, it's, it's not necessarily about, uh, what we lose each other in is is the idea that rhetoric is going to be the argument, and my job is to switch John. You know, I'm yelling at John, and I'm like, "You're nuts! You're nuts, John! You got to understand You're that." You're an idiot. That, uh, yeah, I was gonna like say something how dare about you. <laughs> like how taxes are theft, but then I was like, "Oh, John would just cheers me." So, um, you know, like we could we could we could talk about something. And, and totally just butt heads on it, even if my rhetoric, if I have strong rhetoric, then what that actually means is I have composed an argument that you've now gone, huh, that's, that's pretty good. I don't agree with it, but that's a good argument. Like, or maybe he will agree. Maybe I'll change his mind. But the goal is never to really change minds. It's to present your point right. and then let that person decide. Uh, but what we see on, on Facebook is not rhetoric. It's just argument and yelling. And we do it all the time. I mean, with, with Masons, uh, I have vehement disagreements with countless brothers. Uh, I'm very kind of a, a centrist libertine, if you will. And, uh, you know, our craft has a lot of conservatism in it 
that's just the way, you know, whatever. Nothing wrong with it. But we have a lot of conservatism. And, you know, I butt heads with a lot of brothers. And we go back and forth on Facebook. And yet we never get, like, nasty, nasty, but we get snarky. Yeah. And when we see each other, Matt, just like you said, we're like, hey, what's up? You know, it's hey, hey buddy. And it's great. <laughs> um, right. And we just don't even, we don't even go we don't go down that road, right? Like we have our disagreement and then we're still bros. And I think that's kind of handling it well. And I've seen a lot of us do that, but I have also seen this kind of brazenness and I have even been on the delivering end of like brazen comments. I mean, I have told brothers to get effed <laughs> like wow. on Facebook, yeah. just like I was tired of it. And I was, I was like, say, get I, effed. I laugh. I chuckle in a, uh, uncomfortable way because I, think I mean it's it's bad have, on me, right? right? Exactly. Yep. We all have. It's terrible. Um, so well, it, no, none of us here are are perfect for sure. Well, I am, but that's besides the point. You are. <sighs> Thank you. But what I was going to say was <laughs> that uh, RJ kind of hit it on the head, where I think that people and I don't want to point fingers or blame anyone in particular, but I think our media has all, all sides of media have really taken the word rhetoric and turned it into something awful, right? When you hear the word it rhetoric has nowadays, a negative connotation, mm-hmm. you, exactly. It has a very negative connotation to it. And it's exactly as, as you said, Robert, where um, you're expecting an argument where, you know, it's, it's a powerful opinion and it's all argumentative and there's really no substance at the end, but exactly to, you know, going back to our, our, our liberal arts, you know, the art of rhetoric was the art of, taking the things I learned in grammar, words and letters and things, and then logic, putting those into coherent sentences. And then rhetoric, the rhetoric bit was taking it and making a constructive argument from which to then, you know, defend a point or, or to protect a point. And I, all I think about is um, I, in high school, I was in debate club for one semester, only one semester, as hard as it may be to believe with how much I argue. But I just remember the 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 one thing I learned there was the the all the debates that I had I had to always take the opposite point that I really felt strongly towards and I had to defend that and for me that always changed my idea of okay this is what a debate should be you take something that you may actually hate but you have to go and defend it and come up with a constructive not an opinionated argument for it but I again I think to to Robert's point Again, when you're sitting in your jammies at home with a bag of Cheetos and you just get all riled up, you know, you just, you know, with the Cheeto crust on your fingers, you just get, you just get angry and, you know, you say words that you probably should not. And then you have an orange. I feel attacked. <laughs> so, yeah, Joe, Joe, Robert, I, I mean, I want to piggyback on what you were saying when you talk about the seven liberal arts or uh, more specifically the uh, grammar, rhetoric, logic. There's a reason why those are built into masonry. There's a reason why they are in our second degree is to teach us to continue to learn, to expand our minds, to engage in conversation, engage in healthy debate, because I may not under, uh, you know, always agree with John, or I may not agree with Robert all the time. I always agree with Joe because I know the consequences. But if I, if I can engage with you, and if I can research and study, then maybe I can at least understand why you see things from your perspective. That doesn't mean I have to change my mind, 
but it means right. that maybe I can have some compassion towards the way you you're looking at the world because we all see yes. the world through the lens of our own experience. Yeah. Yes, so absolutely. we all see things differently. I was going to say uh, somebody in the YouTube chat, uh, I think it was Suncard asked if uh, we had a common definition for the word rhetoric so that people who don't know what it is exactly could, could do it. Right. And so maybe instead of a definition, I went to just the etymology dictionary. So this is the origin of words. So rhetoric as a noun, right? So a person, place, or a thing, or an idea, as early as the 14th century. So the 13th, the 1300s meant the art, this is, I love this, the art of eloquence and persuasiveness in language, the art of using language to influence others. So from the old French, um, it says directly from Latin, from Greek, the art of an orator, uh, also the speaker, master speaker, orator, artist of discourse, a teacher of rhetoric, especially uh, an, order, an orator in public, uh, always related to speech uh, as a verb. And since classical times with, the, with a derogatory suggestion of artificial oratory as opposed to what is natural or unaffected ostentatious declamation. So... Like, in short, persuasiveness in language, which I think we all have, except Joe. Joe doesn't do it eloquently. <laughs> you can be persuasive, but not eloquent. No, I feel, he is eloquent. I feel attacked by attacked. that definition on so many <laughs> levels. You should. Yeah. You should. Yeah. yeah. So it would be nice if people mastered grammar first, right? And then mastered logic so they they knew what they were debating and then finally the rhetoric of how to form a cogent thought based off of that logic in order to persuade right so again i, I love that that restructuring plus wouldn't it be great if we just mastered grammar first and before we started spewing our, our thoughts and ideas out in the world and then made sure that they were logically sound before we talked before we opened our mouths or got on baby the baby steps baby steps baby yeah. steps you know and hey bring back the oxford comma while we're at it yes right i'm down for it this is 2022 this, this is this is something we can unite against Masons yes. for the Oxford comma. Let's go. Let's go. Oxford commas everywhere, everywhere. But <laughs> that's, that's the thing though, right? It's, it's again, what's astounds me. And I do this myself as well is the, the surprise at the, the permanence of the things that we say online, right? You like, you say something awful on a forum. That stuff's there forever. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's there forever and everybody can go back and be like, wow, Joe is a huge D bag that day. Um, and it, again, it just astounds me that, that people, you know, I know we'll get into how to solve this problem, but you know, that people just don't, Oh my God. I know. Someone just said, I'm like the Shriner of the group in the YouTube chat that you just totally threw me off my game. I want to, I'm sure there's right a fez somewhere in the background there. <laughs> oh my God. Who said that? Ban. Anyway, it just totally ruined my day. Um, a great no. rhetoric in the YouTube chat. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. <clears throat> it was very persuasive. But, um, but yeah, back to my point. Uh, yeah, it just again, it surprises me that people don't don't take that hot second. Again, always on a keyboard. You know, they they don't do it in person. It does not happen in person, at least in the circles I travel in. You know, do people 
attack and use vitriol and, and make awful comments to your face. I mean, rarely does it happen, you know? Yeah. Joe, you're like a bowling ball. You never have a point. So the next thing I was going to cover is that uh, this also reminds me of um, uh, Frank, uh, Franklin Covey, like the uh, seven habits of highly successful people. And habit five is applicable in this case, where habit five is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Right. So if you're having a discourse, a debate, um, step one is not to be right. It's not to make sure the other person hears your point first. <clears throat> step one should be make sure that I understand your side. After I can understand your side, then let me, then and only then, let me try to be understood from where my, my side is. Okay, so because you're, you're actually going on their turf. It's like... <clears throat> if uh, you feel more comfortable in your own house, right? Or your, or your own property. And so you want to meet them where they are and, and they'll, they'll be much more comfortable if you come to them and you say, okay, I hear your point on ABC and, I, and you actually try to really truly understand their side before you jump in with whatever you've been saving up in your head to say, right? Because it's not all about just waiting until the person stops talking and gets ready to take a breath before you jump in and say whatever you were going to say in the first place. No, no, no. Uh, the, the hugest <clears throat> like tip or trick that I've learned there is step one, like really stop, listen, and make sure you can really articulate and understand the other person's side. This also comes from, I, I forgot what it was called, but I read a really good uh, trick that basically says in debate, um, one of the goals, and this is this is like if you have the time and effort, right? It's not your your Facebook comments back and forth, but if you have the time, try to not only understand another person's point of view, try to see if you can understand it so well that they would agree with you, or if you could describe it back to them so clearly and so articulately that they would say yes, one hundred percent, you agree. I think it's called steel manning. I know someone will Google that and check that for me. Yeah. So it's like a straw man argument, except it's steel. It's like, I do understand all of your points and the foundation and the logic that supports your, your position. This, that was something that uh, brother Dave from Indiana, a good friend of uh, Gary Meisner, uh, Dave and I were talking about this when he came to visit and he was really, compelling in his argument. I had never heard of the concept before, although I had used the technique before, but I didn't know what it was called. And, you know, he really just described this thing where it was, oh, I heard something I don't like. And I would go to Joe and I'd say, Joe, tell me what you mean by this. And then Joe calmly would tell me, you know, the facts about the matter or maybe in a heated way. And then I would repeat it back to him. Right. So I think you're upset about this. Is that is that what I'm hearing? And then like, why? And then here's why I'm not upset by that. How come you're different? You know, or, you know, listen. And it's like assurance, affirmation for the other person to understand that you're just not yelling at them. You actually really found, yeah, I did find some uh, ways to do steel manning. Uh, the philosopher Daniel Danette outlines an effective process for arguing with someone who has opposing views. Here's some four steps. 
One, attempt to re-express the other person's position so clearly, vividly, and fairly that they say, thanks, I wish I'd thought of putting it that way. <clears throat> Step two, list any points of agreement, like we can all agree on this, right? So you're, you're establishing a base of, of commonality. Number three, mention anything that you actually learned from the other person. And then uh, number four, only then are you permitted to say so much as a word of rebuttal or criticism, <laughs> right? That's consistent. Well, I think you, you kind of hit it on the head before with 99% of the people out there do not do that. What do they do? They Words are being taken in their direction and they're already formulating a counterpoint or a response and not actually ingesting the words that are being told to them. Everybody does this, right? Everybody, whether it's in person or on social media or in an email, you're already you're already formulating a response, and and at that point, the conversation is already devolving, and does not have the eloquence of of rhetoric as we would normally ascribe it to. But how do you how do you break out of that habit, right? Because we've been so conditioned to do that for all our lives. But here's the thing: I mean, between the four of us, we know how to have a civilized debate with other people, but you're going to encounter people and, and brothers in masonry True. that you can't reason with. And At if all. you try to reason with them, they double down and they're just, <laughs> you know, their ego jumps in the way and it's like, no, I don't want to hear what you have to say because it may, you may just change my mind and that can't happen. Um, when we run across that, how many times do we get sucked into that with them and then we escalate our rhetoric or our arguments and and we just we stoop down to their level when the best thing we can do is just walk away if it's online just keep scrolling just leave it alone sometimes that's that's the best solution leave it alone because they're looking for attention don't give them the attention they're looking for but then i'll have nothing to do in the bathroom then <laughs> well, okay so what you what you guys have kind of talked about is this idea that uh so how do you how do you just walk away? How do you know when it's enough is enough, right? It's like you're seeking out these these kinds of arguments. And uh, I'll be honest, um, I'm a lover of debate and argument. Okay, so I do seek out uh, debate, not arguing. I seek out debate. Right. I want to poke the bear and get to the bottom of reasoning so that I understand things better than my teenage angst self wants. You know, like, oh, the man's keeping me down. Why is the man making me wear my seatbelt? I want to know. You know, we're really poking the bear all the time. And so what one thing that's interesting is, have people gotten to a point, because I think there's a, there's a line in the sand that you eventually cross when you finally take this next step back and you go, oh, this is consuming. Like you're trying right. to respond to a gnarly thread on Facebook or something while you're driving. Like, <laughs> not a good idea because number one, you're going to mess something up and then your grammar is going to disqualify you from the entire thing and you look like a turd. Or, uh, you know, you're going to get yourself in a car accident or something. Like it's unhealthy, right? And then everything, all these things are leaving rent free in your mind which as Matt has said, just walk away. But if you can't walk away, a couple things that I thought about, right? Like I don't have a lot of these disagreements in person and the ones I have had, 
uh, I've been able to kind of like successfully navigate. Like my wife and I have ha- have fundamental disagreements um, about things in the law enforcement community. She works for law enforcement, right? So uh, how do I navigate that? Well, very delicately, and we're both very conscious of each other in what we're talking about. The one thing that I researched a little bit for this, uh, and I think I'm going to just post a link to it, I think, in our um, – in, in the Knights and Squires group and on the, sh- in the show page, I found an article, an argument, uh, an article rather, uh, it's by a website called fatherly. And really what I wanted to know was how do I have a better social media, uh, disagreement? Like one that doesn't devolve into baloney. Yeah. Right. And, and so this this particular article is really great. Uh, the steps are like, let go of your first position. Stop trying to be right. Um, give the other person face. Like, compliment them on their ability to understand and where they're coming from. Follow the rule of three. Uh, resist negative reciprocation. Um, seek out good disagreeers. This is like clutch. Like yeah. pick people you know who are smart to disagree with, so that it doesn't, you know, get vitriolic. And then yep. um, my favorite of these that I will say is called "Don't Just Correct, Create," and it says a good disagreement should not be a zero sum game in which one person wins and the other loses. Good. Totally love agree. That. Love that. It yep. says, right uh, nor need it just end in compromise with both parties getting half of what they want to agree to disagree says the best outcome of a disagreement is when two different opinions collide fuse and create something new between the two of them then everybody wins uh so it's like kind of i think what what a common strategy in a lot of these leadership books talk about is uh, determining ways to find commonalities in in what you're talking about which might you know assist you in coming closer together I like that. And I've used the phrase multiple times. Like this is probably something where I'm going to just frankly disagree. And really, you know, there's, there's no way that we can kind of meet in the middle on some of this and that's okay. Right. You could just say, you know, we can agree on this, but I think we're going to end up continuing to disagree on this. And it's It's just like, like when people get divorced, irreconcilable differences, irreconcilable differences. Right. (laughs) Okay. And, and but, but to your point, right? Uh, to one of those last points, don't try to win the argument. Uh, it's not a zero sum game. Just to say, there's some things you can say. I hear you, and you know, I don't think we're going to meet in the middle on this one, and that's okay. Like that is perfectly acceptable to say. I, I don't. I don't see where we can. We can split the baby on this one. So, right. I think to to Robert's point. I love I love good de- debate as well with someone who's intelligent, someone who <laughs> can engage in a thoughtful back and forth conversation uh, without getting all bent out of shape. But like like Roger uh, Robert said, I just call you Roger. I'm sorry, it's one of those days. Roger Johnson. Like Roger. Robert said, yeah, Roger Robert RJ his bumper now. Susan, whatever. Um, Sometimes you can't walk away from an argument, but if you see where they are maybe not being as rational 
or maybe they're taking it personally because you don't agree with them. So you can see that, that building up in them. Maybe the best thing we can do is just change the conversation because I don't want to have a civilized debate with someone who's, <laughs> who's not capable of having a civilized debate. They're looking for an argument. I'm either going to change the subject or say, hey, it's great seeing you, catch up with you later, and I'm out of there. Uh, online, it's much easier. You just you know, keep scrolling, get out of the chat, whatever the case may be. But in person, it's, it's a little bit of a different story. You still want to be civil to the person, but um, you know, we're, we're all going to face those people that you just cannot have a rational discussion with them. Well, I, I, I think the biggest issue, and maybe this is a systemic issue, is that the majority of the world is just so damn angry at everything, right? Everybody yeah. for the most part is just, there's just a level of anger that I think is, and maybe it's generational, but maybe it's not, you know, I can only speak for, for the generations that I lived in, but everybody's just so damn angry that they just want the ability to shout and, and the ability to listen is definitely lacking. So, you know, I, I would, I would comment on, on your comment my dear brother, Matt, by saying how many people actually do want to have a civil debate versus just screaming what they're feeling and they don't really care what the response is. You know what I mean? I think that's more prevalent than we would think, unfortunately. I think so, but I think a large extent of that is people just want to be heard. They don't care whether you agree or disagree. They need to be heard. And, you know, I have clients that I deal with every day. And I love my clients, but a lot of times I just have to sit back and just listen to them, no matter how long it takes, get it all off their chest, whether it's re relevant to what we're, uh, the work we're handling or not, whether it's relevant or not, they need to be heard because once they get it off their chest, then a lot of times they're a little more open-minded. They're more receptive. Just let them get it out there. Don't cut them off in the middle of the conversation and say, whoa, 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 I don't agree with this. And just let them finish. Let them get it out. I mean, that's a, that's a great way to diffuse, you know, what could turn into a nasty situation there. And then if that doesn't work, a good solid throat punch typically does the trick. Um, which tactic is that? That's like, it's got to be second. somewhere further down the line. It's not a forthcoming book. Just keep, keep an eye out for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, his fifth, his fifth step is uh, uh, like... When fist meets nose and the cherry tomato that explodes. <laughs> I'll, I'll Rochambeau you for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so Matt, um, I often find myself when I'm in discourse uh, with someone I disagree with online, I, I get, I get emotional about it. Like I get riled up and it, it does cloud my ability to form a cogent sentence, nevertheless, a, a logical one or, or even a rhetorical one. And so what, what are some things that, uh, I can do to recognize that when I'm, when I'm getting that way and then, you know, kind of, uh, adjust the situation to, to catch it before it gets out of hand. Look, we all do that. We, we tend to internalize one. things and, <laughs> and uh, you know, make things personal when it yeah. shouldn't be personal. Mm -hmm. um, the best thing we can really do, if it's online chat, there's no, there's no time frame for responding. Just step away, 
think about your emotions. Ask yourself, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? And am I justified in this feeling? Where is it coming from? Because I will never tell anyone that they are not entitled to their feelings and their emotions. They're there for a reason. Right. But understand what triggered that feeling or that reaction or that emotion. And then once you understand that, then you can formulate the right response. When you're in person, it's a little more difficult to do that. But still, mentally, just say, why am I feeling what I'm feeling right now? What is triggering? What's the underlying cause of this reaction that I'm feeling? You know, sometimes you can you, you can find a lot of times that maybe you're the one being irrational. Oh yeah, when you start uh, about that's uh, I've I've actually used that technique and it has led sometimes to some really big soul searching. Mm -hmm. uh, like why does that? Why do I get so worked up about this? And then I really have to like dig through like what happened in my past that made this one topic hit this this sensitive spot that's just got me all stirred up by by the by the you know the the idea that quantitative easing is a is a good idea like what so they minute. left the toy out of your happy meal and you're uh, a kid they, and it they just had triggered to do something. something right yes yeah. exactly somebody, somebody put green beans on my plate right that kind of thing that kind of thing but no joke like stop just stopping for a minute you know it can it can really help turn the situation around uh, to again not not to to reflect on why am I worked up so about it so much about it now before I have to respond. Right. Um, not everybody, not everybody can do that. I wish they wish they all could. I wish I could do it more often. Um, but yeah, that that's an excellent, excellent uh, technique. If, if you apply that chisel to your own Ashler, the boy, it well, pays that's something I talk about quite a bit is our internal working tools that we have, you know, that's how we need to apply them. Um, not to be so heavy handed. I, I use the example of the gavel in masonry all the time because we talk about the gavel as being an instrument used for forming the perfect stone, the perfect ashlar. But what we don't say is that that same gavel can destroy that stone. It can crack it right down the middle if it's not used properly. So how are we using our working tools as masons when we're engaging with each other? whether it be with a Mason, whether it be with Joe Blow down the street, we need to always try to be conscious of that. I mean, we're all human. We're going to slip. But I think the more we engage in that activity, the more ingrained it becomes in us and the more uh, habitual it becomes for us to just stop and think and process what we're feeling, what we're saying. And there's nothing wrong with taking a deep breath. You don't have to respond right away. Be slow and deliberate in your response. Make sure that the words that are coming out of your mouth, are they going to diffuse the situation or are they going to just ignite a huge bomb? And I, I'm guilty of not doing that. Um, you know, I think we all are at some point, but I have just found that the more time I spend Practicing that more habitual it becomes for me to to be able to exercise that to the point where I really don't think about it consciously as much as I used to. I think I, I can see that, too. I mean, from like just brother to brother, like in in the world form that we're in, I can say that I've I've witnessed you personally. Like 
I've seen you like or whatever comments in a thread. And then when things start getting a little heated, all of a sudden here comes Matt with like a paragraph, maybe two. And it's like really good, well thought out, articulate statement that literally it's like I've watched you <laughs> practice this stuff where it's like you've you've commended somebody you've said I think this might be an issue here's how you can think about it and this is how it affects other people and all of a sudden it's like you know heart emojis on Matt's comments and um, so I have to say I mean you know you've practiced this and I think yeah um, it's been a lesson for all of us, I think, really. I mean, maybe we've all had moments like that, too, where we've we've stepped away and we've come back and wrote something really, um, like, eloquent that we're proud of, you know, that maybe, like, connected sides. Um, but I think the more that we do that, uh, just the better, I think, these online interactions can get. I mean, the, the civil... We, we, uh, what was it? Uh, two grandmasters ago. So we're on right now. Our grandmaster is Mike Jackson. Um, and then before that, and then before that, so I don't know, two or three grandmasters ago, uh, we have Tony Krakow, who's our grand treasurer now. His whole theme was civility. And he, in his year, it was I think it was like 2015 is when we finally came out with a uh, social media code of conduct based around civility. It was more about men, Mason's behaviors than controlling what we can and can't do online. And it was like, check your behavior, bro. And I th my favorite one at the bottom uh, of the list, like it was like kind of ending on this point, you know, no Mason should ever post anything like racial or uh, anything about anybody's, uh, you know, sex, creed orientation, anything, it will not be tolerated. And I, I was always really proud of that as a bullet point. Uh, but I think we just need more, more brothers out there willing to take that step back and um, bite your tongue for 10 minutes, which is really hard for me because I just want to. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, <clears throat> I was doing some internet research and I found a, a, an actual picture of <clears throat> Robert replying to uh, a Facebook thread. Here we go. Um, I can't come to bed right now <laughs> because someone is wrong on the internet. <laughs> yeah. That... That's all of us at some point. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. At two in the morning. I can't... I can't... They can't stop. I gotta engage. Uh, but uh, no. My wife's like, are you driving or am I driving? I'm like, you're driving. Why? I'm in an argument. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so true, right? I mean, Alex Powers in the in the Facebook chat, it's like, yeah, I mean, some, sometimes the best thing is to realize this probably isn't worth it, right? Economically, there's opportunity costs, right? And is the the cost of being in this argument, um, is it better for you than whatever else you could be doing right now, <laughs> right? Whether it's going to sleep or spending time with your family or reading a book or just anything like, is this that you're engaged in right now? Uh, which we know with data, like nobody changes their minds based off of a Facebook thread. No one goes, Oh, I'm so glad Matt set me straight. Cause Holy smokes. I was way off. <laughs> like, I will say though, 
<laughs> I will it's, say it's, this. Uh, I think the course that I have been on Facebook since I've been a Mason, so about 10 years or something, and then maybe two years before that I was on Facebook and I wasn't a Mason. In that 10 years, I could look back at my posts and go, ugh, this dude is lame AF, right? <laughs> like, why would I have posted this garbage opinion, right? And, and, and by and large part, I think my mind has been changed a lot of times by not just great brothers, but like, I mean, my political opinions have changed drastically in 10 years, um, by and large from some of just my friends and family, uh, arguments I had to get in with my, my friend, Greg, you know, just, I mean, it's, it's wild. So I think it does work, but it takes time. It's got to percolate. You know, I, but I maybe just want not to say when it. you're telling somebody to go get screwed or something, right? That doesn't work. Yeah, but it's so much more gratifying to tell them to go get screwed. Uh, it is. I mean, that, <laughs> it really is. But, but here, here's the thing to that point. Um, you know, I can say that in my head. I don't want to necessarily say that to them. Well, I do want to say it to them. I just hold myself back from doing that. But, you know, attitude is the most contagious thing in the world. It could be positive. It could be negative. Think about it. An attitude is the only thing that you can catch over the phone or online. And so if you are engaged in one of these conversations and you feel like it's going to affect your attitude, don't let it wreck your day. Just get out. Do it. Don't do it for the other person. Do it for yourself. You don't need that. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Now, if it's a brother, if it's a brother, I always say, listen, whisper wise counsel. Okay. Don't blast him in public on Facebook. Send him a private message or, or post on Instagram or text or call or whatever. Let them know there was a, a situation uh, just recently. Um, I'm not going to get into the details about it, but a brother posted something that was fairly inflammatory towards the LGBT community. Um, and he honestly could not see what was wrong with his post and brothers were blasting him online and he was getting more and more defensive. And rather than reply to his online post, I just sent him a private message saying, Hey brother, I know where you're coming from. I know what you're trying to say, but here's how this can come across. And this is why it may be hurtful to other people. And he replied back to me, apologizing me profusely. He didn't offend me. That was fine. But, uh, you know, he acknowledged that he at that point understood what the problem was and he immediately removed his post. The key is if you see a brother acting in a, in a manner like that or posting things they shouldn't, there's nothing wrong with giving them wise counsel on the side. So you're not publicly embarrassing them. And if they don't take your advice, you've done your job. You've done your job as their brother. And you need to be able to walk away. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but I think the that strategy is also effective too, right? To say, you know, um, especially if it's something that's kind of 
if if it's not something else up for debate it's it's how things can be interpreted because there's a there's a phrase you said in the beginning part of the conversation which I, I liked which is that we all experience the world through our own different lenses that you could say something and Robert hears it differently then Joe hears it then I hear it then you the listener are, are hearing it it's the same words it's literally the same words on you know on audio but it's combined with all our past experiences and we're hearing that in the in the frame in the mindset in the context of all of our life experiences and so we're going to mold that phrase to fit with our worldview right wrong or different and so often it can be helpful to just let someone know that here here's here's how that could be misinterpreted just so you know that right um that here's how i heard you and i think um i don't think it was robert that said it that another related way to say that is um just so i understand here's what i heard and repeat back to them their words and as you're trying to synthesize it so you're doing two things one you're, you're seeking an understanding right you're trying to make sure i literally heard you correctly and um that i can repeat it back that i can understand that i can uh Put that logic together as well so that way um you're, you're always posing it in a different point of view other than your own right you're trying to frame the conversation which is essential freemasonry I, teaches that right like oh yeah? how often does how often how often do let's pretend john's the worshipful master here the, the the leader the president of the lodge and the three of us are brothers in the lodge and and matt stands up and he says, Worshipful Master, I would uh, propose that we spend $1,000 on printing these programs. And then the Worshipful Master says, uh, Brethren, it's been proposed that we spend $1,000 on these printing programs. Discussion. And then Joe, who's like, $1,000? That's BS, man. I would like, nobody reads printed the print is dead man right and so he stands up and he doesn't just go matt you're crazy nobody's gonna do that he stands up and he goes worshipful master i disagree blah 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 then the master repeats joe's argument and the discussion goes on it's like it's like a <laughs> when it works it works really well you guys um it, we we've seen i've seen a number of lodge arguments not turn into like gross arguments because the master acts as like a physical conscious interlocutor between the two individuals the the, the, the intermediary the person who's saying this is what this guy's saying this is what this guy's saying what's the will of the lodge here and no neither one of those guys is talking to each other it's pretty interesting just I think for no, it's a fantastic observation. I think when when Matt was talking, what came to mind for me was the fact, and and I know we've joked about it all night, but I think as I've gotten older, I've definitely become a lot more calm in my responses. Um, exactly to your point, I I looked at stuff I posted on. I hate your face, um, John. What? Uh, I, Yes, I've, I've definitely calmed down a bit. I would hate to see uh, early Joe then. Early Joe was fire. Um, but 
what I have learned, <laughs> what I have learned, let me get this out with a straight face, please. Uh, what I have learned is that, and I think it goes back to the in-person thing. You know, if Matt and I are arguing and we're face to face, 99% of the time, we're most likely going to be civil to one another. And it's going to be a constructive sort of rhetoric based argument. And, and I think that comes from going back to the in-person versus behind a, a keyboard thing. It comes to the, honestly, the amount of, of love you have for that person, right? So, you know, the big thing we learn in Freemasonry is, you know, you got to love your brother. You got to love your brother, you know, good, bad, or indifferent for warts and all and all that stuff. And that's fine and dandy, but it's difficult for us to extend that outward to the rest of that larger community, right? Because we're only concerned, we have the blinders on to to what we see and who we know and 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 who we can hold. But I think that that general love for, for all mankind should really be that first and foremost thing. Exactly. As Matt said, um, before you respond, take a breath. And what will my response do to this other person? Will it burn their whole house down and just make me feel better? Or, you know, will it actually contribute positively to the conversation? And for me, nine times out of 10, it's probably not the latter. It's the former, right? So I I've definitely learned to keep that, as a mindset, at least I try to, um, with some people, it doesn't work and that's okay. Cause I'm human. Um, you know, and that, that's what F bombs are for, but outside of those, um, you know, it's again, if, if you start the conversation off with, I genuinely love this person, this, this other creature inhabiting reality with me, then hopefully you won't get to that place of negativity. Love is the answer. Absolutely. Hey, so let's, uh, wrap it up for the final question which is a two-parter you could answer either part a or part one and the answer the questions are uh, either get one last tip or trick for a positive social discourse that you want to share with everyone on your way out or uh, a memorable experience where either a situation was diffused uh through you know some sort of method or some sort of uh um de-escalation technique so I'll, we'll start with our guest host tonight uh brother matt uh just like i said a swift throat punch always does the trick every time uh, <laughs> every time uh yeah i have had many 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 situations as uh robert alluded to where um you know you've seen them online where i feel like i have a responsibility to jump in and try to uh, diffuse a situation that's getting a little heated and try to be a voice of reason. Am I always right? No, I'm not always right. And I have my own opinions. And a lot of times I just try to keep my opinions to myself. But the worst thing that I can see are brothers just being so hateful and spiteful to each other. Um, and again, there, there's just no need for that. We are you know, first and foremost, we're adults, but we are Masons and we should be uh, set ourselves above that and set ourselves to a higher standard. So, um, I think my examples of that are, are just too many to, to really name, but, uh, it comes up quite often, more often than I wish it would, honestly. Excellent. Hey, well, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate, uh, the conversation and Thank you. I look, look forward to seeing you soon. Woo. Awesome. Woo. Let's head over to Robert Johnson for his, his final thought. 
So uh, very quickly, I remember being in uh, fourth grade in uh, one of my classrooms. It was a uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade all in one room. Uh, it's a Lutheran academy I was in, and I remember a kid. Um, I'm going to call him Jay. Jay was very troubled. Like as a sixth grader, you know, he was super smart. Um, maybe things at home weren't so good. And he would be very calm all the time. And I remember an instance where he just exploded in the classroom with Pastor Fisher. And I will never forget uh, Pastor Fisher like walked up to him and uh, brother, this, this, this kid, Jay, um, was like throwing books and started to like, like he was going to hit the teacher, hit Pastor Fisher, right? And Pastor Fisher was like, I don't know, he's probably in his 40s, uh, gray beard, you know, a little balding on top, super low voice, thin guy, just like kind of blocked it and then grabbed Jay and I thought like, oh my God, is you know Pastor Fisher gonna lay this kid out? What's going on? And he just held him. And he said, It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I want to listen to you. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's wrong. Like, it's okay. And that went on for like what seemed like forever, but was probably only about a minute. And I just remember the kid like melted because he was willing to hear to say. I know you're upset, right? And so this was like this weird conflict resolution. I always remember that and this the idea that it comes out of that. Now, this is not like online intercourse. You can't just go run and hug somebody and make it melt away. But what sticks out and what has always stuck out to me with these arguments with people and even my own kids is kindness. And it is the thing that you, if you can find it in yourself to do it, is to, to be there and to just hold them, right? Because the last thing you want to do is not to be the ego trip, right? If you all seen, you know, uh, 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 Guardians of the Galaxy, right? The dad, ego, and it just wants everything to be him by destroying everything else. Mm -hmm. You guys remember Conan the Barbarian? They ask him like, Conan, what is best in life? To crush, crush your enemies, your see them see them driven before you and hear the lamentations of the women? <laughs> Sounds brutal. But that's honestly, all that's doing is destroying the things that uh, create individuality and other beauties in the world, right? Like it's like how variety is a spice of life. Why would you ever want everything to be you? Everybody to have this echo chamber for your own inner peace. Like what is enlightenment in, in that world? There isn't any. Um, and so in short, uh, just be kind, you know, come at things with a purpose of hearing first, understanding, and then talking about it. Even if you don't agree at the end of it, you know, be there to help support the other person. I mean, it's, it's all we can do. Like, and don't let things live rent free in your head. Just walk away. Like Matt says, I disagree. <laughs> no, I don't. Sounds I still awesome. love you. Sounds awesome. Love you too, bro. Head over to Joe, who I'm sure I'll agree with. Yes, I'm sure you will. But uh, no, mine's a quick one. Um, I think again, as as uh, as I'm 
getting towards my, the twilight years of my life. Um, I am starting to, to do exactly what Robert said and taking pause and taking stock of things before I actually respond, um, slowly, but surely. Um, but yeah, it's, it goes all the way to the beginning of what Matt said, take a breath. Um, I think the more I learn how to do that in, in all my interactions, whether it's in person or on social media, um, take that breath and, and, you know, uh, I've said this to many a brother. Um, I love all of my brothers. There are some I just do not like, but <laughs> I absolutely, it's true, right? I, I love you all unconditionally, you know, warts and all, opinions and all, prejudices and all. I absolutely love and adore everyone. I don't have to like you, but if you start from a place of love, you know, you're already diffusing what could be a potentially big situation. So just take that breath and, and start from a place of love. And, you know, hopefully your your online and your in-person interactions will be a little less caustic and, and dumpster fiery. That's all I got. Yes. Less 2020, more 2023. I don't know. Good, good, good point. Sure. We'll We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We'll see. <laughs> um, so mine, you know, is one, one thing that I kind of fall back to, too, and it's, uh, a Bible verse that actually helps me realign why am I talking in the first place, right? Um, I heard a good acronym that says WAIT, W-A-I-T. Why Why am I talking? And Ephesians 4.29 says to do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up, keep key clause here, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And this is back to what we were talking about earlier is making sure that you are meeting them where they are, not trying to be right, but to get it right. Let, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen, not you. John, John. Yeah, yeah. I think we all talked around this the whole episode, but it took until just now when you just said it, meet them where they are. Meet them where they are. I love it. Yep. I think that's, and then throat punch them. And then throat punch them. (laughs) Because you can't, you can't throat punch from far away. You have to meet them where they are. So you can, no, 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 wrong. Sorry. Wrong episode. I love you guys, but you're wrong. So here we go. Uh, This was a great show. Um, Hopefully you took some nuggets out of this and and tried to better yourself and improve yourself in masonry as well as the real world. With that, I want to thank you all very much for watching and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow. Why, that's me as not a